Hey guys, welcome back to another Trading Lightly episode. So this is the first one back in probably three months, so it's nice to be back at it. Um, we recorded this one in the new Trading Lightly hub, which is pretty big news. We've got a new headquarters. It's on Myrtle Street in Milton, uh, corners with the highway. So yeah, when you drive past, you can keep an eye out for it. And um, we had Kurt Nyom on from Aquasurf. He's a man of many hats. He's part of the Board Riders Association and he does a lot of charity work in our town here. So yeah, we had him discussing the latest charity event that he's, he's, he's a part of and um, yeah, just promoting that. So if you'd like to get involved with that one and contribute and help out, um, have a look in the show notes. I'll, I'll put all the links up there and like and share with your friends. All right, guys, take care. my lunchbox <laughs> so you want to introduce who we have in for our first podcast back one oh, that's a big responsibility to introduce kurt oh, i'd like it i'd like it done um professionally please man. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen let me introduce you to the one and only kurt nyholm um co-founder and operator of or owner of aqua surf shop here in milton just Literally down the road. Yeah, I can see it from here. Yeah. I can see who's walking in, walking out, see if the girls are working or not. <laughs> he was in, in the middle of a surfboard sale and we had to drag him away from it. Things I do for the community, eh? <laughs> um, but not only is he a local business owner, he's, um, yeah, um, what is your exact title with the board riders? Yeah. Just a just a frother. Now. Just a frother yeah. now. <laughs> I was I was the former um, president of the club. I've just got a bit of a role there where I help them out, um, a bit more of the admin sort of side, dealing with surfing Australia and surfing New South Wales. Yeah. And so Kurt's got a lot of links to the surfing world. He's been involved in the surfing world since a grom or before. Probably. Yeah, it's been my life. Yeah, um, he does a lot of um, community work. Gives a lot to the community. I don't even know where to begin with that. Um, all of our young local surfers look up to him and he's a great mentor for them, advocate for mental health, um, particularly in men and in the surfing world. Where do I stop? <laughs> I think you've done pretty good. I'm, I feel a bit honoured. <laughs> how would you get in, in, in uh, the mental health side of things? And what, uh, it was what was a, that road like? It was um, a conversation I had with a former pro surfer. I used to be a professional surfer. And I caught up with a friend up on the Gold Coast and we were just sort of talking about doing a possible reunion of... When you, when you finish competing, it's, um, it's sort of like everyone goes their own way. You don't, and we're splattered everywhere all around the, the world. So mm. it can be 10 years until you bump into someone who you literally shared a room like this with for you know six years straight mm. competing traveling together and so when you do catch up it's it's pretty um it's pretty fun time so we, we were trying to organize just an event that we could all just catch up and see where each other's lives and see what was happening in the midst of doing the catch-up i had a close friend um commit suicide and then I sort of threw it to because we started this feed on Facebook um, in Messenger, and I started saying maybe we could do something because we're um, a lot of the guys are very high profile in the surf surfing world. Maybe we could be a bit of a voice there, and 
and then really sadly we um Sonny Garcia um tried to commit his you know tried to take his life and that really awoke a lot of um a lot of emotion for a lot of the surfers um and there was a lot of there's not really much support there for retiring athletes um mm. for the surf community not like how there is with the NRL or the AFL or they sort of when you finish they thanks guys see yeah. ya yeah there's none you know ringing you up two years later going oh how are you going you know was, how's your career going what you give so much of your formative years to competing you you give up a lot of stuff you give up a, a lot of your own mental um health just like competing and just being so driven to a target to a goal mm-hmm. and when that's gone and you can pretty much be 30 and look around you and just go oh my god I have a special set of skills that no one really recognizes even though a lot of these guys were at their their peak of the sport they were in and they were um you know they have they have acquired skills that you just it's really hard to to learn there were um a lot of them have just found alcohol and you know they they're just tr- tr- trying to chase that that days those party days and Andy Owens was um another one he was a good friend who committed suicide or he didn't commit suicide but the depression and everything he ended up accidentally overdosing um mm. so there's a, a lot of these tales in the surf industry and that led us to this suicide awareness and we um invited a whole heap of pro surfers down here invited the local community to be part of it as well I wanted them to be entwined um some keynote speakers to um to join us and and speak and and you know even more sadly is one of the best speakers of the night um he committed suicide last year and he was one that we just so dearly loved and admired he was always the brightest in the room but we didn't realize how dark he was internally so it's something that that we've where we're all really um with this group feed that we're all really conscious of and we we talk regularly mm-hmm. and it's and it's opened up a lot of different channels and now the the um suicide awareness suicide or what surfers against suicide thing mm-hmm. has gone globally they've, they've run a little event over in Europe they're about to do one in America and yeah so that's pretty Fantastic. cool it's, that yeah. was a good little concept it sometimes can be hard when you give yourself heaps to that too as well you know not to get caught up in all the the bad as well because you you do deal with some pretty heavy conversations mm-hmm. some um some of the guys who I really you know admired and loved when I was a kid sitting down chatting I I don't think you'd have any any worries with it but Tom Carroll was one of the guys who was um talked of his torment and and I used to just look at him and I'm just going but you're Tom Carroll mm. you're superman mm. how do you get these feelings mm. no way but you know that also just showed that you know if I punched Tom in the arm he would get a bruise mm-hmm. so we all got to look out for each other there yeah. and it's, it's also true testament to why these conversations need to be shared and had because especially our young people now 
adding to that social media and stuff and the way they look at the world from the outside um, in is a very different it's a, it's a perception that's not necessarily real no not at all it's you, you, a, lot, a lot of the um, social media um, is almost fake like I mean it's you're always showing your best self you, it's pretty rare that you see the post where someone comes up and they're like I've just done today I've actually I admired what you said recently um, you just sort of spoke about I'm tired you know I need a little break and owning it mm. and you know I, I think this generation though has um, a lot more support and help around them um, sort of like our generation, my generation, it was, it was almost taboo to, for, especially for a guy to go put his hand up and go, you know what, I feel a bit ordinary. Um, I'm not really coping that well. And the old thing was harden up, you know, mm. have a beer. Mm. Let's, you know, instead of, oh, what's up, mate? Mm. Let's, let's have a chat. Mm. So I think we're, we're, we're making big leaps in mental health. Yeah. And I think we can use social media to actually turn that around a little bit and, and bring up those conversations and, and lean into those sharp bits that aren't necessarily always brought to the surface. Well, absolutely, because it's it's the best means of information. Mm. Um, like the the former days of, you know, we'll all sit down and there'd be like newspapers everywhere. Well, I'm still, I still love reading a newspaper. It's kind of a feel sort of thing. Mm. But the social media is instant. It's mm. it's the best way to get um, the message across. Mm. And I yeah. think that's just going to get stronger and stronger as we get more digital. And yeah. And and for those young surfers, and I, I can see that myself living in this surfing community and, you know, having interacted with a lot of uh, young surfers who have, do like you were just saying, chasing that big goal and that big dream and working really, sorry, microphone was too far away uh yeah working really passionately towards that dream and and I can see you know I'm not a a surfer by any means you know like I like to have a splash but when you're that passionate about it you you just give up everything in your life it's a dedication it's just you know it's all about the wave and getting that opportunity to get in and train and practice and be in that environment and then Relationships are hard, and yeah, it, it affects relationships. Work is hard. And work relationships, and it's 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 almost selfish. But you, um, the one thing that surfers don't have that, say, a, a football player or a tennis player has, is that they can just go to the court any day, mm. any time. It's there. We we got to rely on the elements. We've got to make sure that the that there's waves. We've got to you know, the, of course, light to surf and all that sort of stuff. But to to actually, it, it's such um, a small group of surfers that make it. Mm. So if you go in even like half into it, just on using just your own um, skill, it's nowhere near enough. Mm. You you really have to go in. Sometimes I I, I used to look at um, events kind of like how a boxer would train, where he's he gets up at six in the morning. You know, he he's out there. He's running and all that sort of stuff, and he's he's just getting ready for that event. And it's the same with with surfing to a degree. We wake up usually before the sun, 
because we're trying to beat the the winds. It's the best time to go surfing, and most of the times it's the least amount of people, so you can get more chance to catch more waves. So you dedicate that first period to it, then you sort of get back into a little bit of reality at about eight thirty, nine o'clock, and say hello to the family or whatever. But then your your mind is just all back about the contest. It's all. It, well, my board didn't feel good, you know. I need to tweak this. I need to do. It's it. It is a um, a sport that does take over your life. Mm. And those young guys, they're um, especially the guys who are aspiring right now. They've they're at the um, the crossroads where they can take an apprenticeship and become a builder or whatever, or they can back a dream and go hard for the next five, six years because your window is so short. Mm. I always recommend for those guys who, you know, A, they've got to have the talent first and B, they've got to be strong-minded. If they don't have that, they're going to um, spend a lot of money and get kind of a bit rolled mm. by life. Mm. So, But the guys that want to do it, the dedication takes over. It's um, They're going to do it yeah. and that's... I, I think that's the best when you see someone who's so driven. Yeah, and there's a lot of sacrifices that are made for that. And I can see exactly what you mean when that that journey comes to, well, not an end, but takes a turn um, in another direction. And it does, you know, then... Well, the journey starts you. when you're 16. Mm. That's when you first start competing and start getting, you know, travelling to events. Um it could be just up and down the east coast, maybe over to the west coast, maybe to um, New Zealand. But as that, that's the the actual where it's conceived. From there, you'll go on to you know the next level where it starts getting like a semi-pro, where you start doing bits and pieces. Mm. And then, if you're getting results, and if you really want to do it, and you have to do the um, the full time, you know, you you from sixteen till. You know, a successful professional surfer, if, if he gets through his 20s, does a whole... To me, that's a success. Mm. He's, he's competed for 10 years at the highest level. He's... Or she can... Um, you know, they've, they've given those years where a lot of everyone else has already kicked on. But like I was saying before, they, they, they have a lot of skills that are unrecognised. Mm. They can... Um, and one of my um, pets and what I've been like pretty heavy on the, the surfing side of things is talking to the WSL about creating a program for surfers in retirement or mm. facing retirement and teaming up with the surf industry, whether they can have a, um, a leg in to maybe surfboard shaping. Um, they could be coaches themselves mm. for the elite and beginner surfers. Um, there's a lot of different factors there. There's retail, like which I've ended up yeah. in. There's also um, photography. A lot of ex-pro surfers become photographers. Mm. Um, even travel agents. You, you get to know the globe so intimately, so you know all the shortcuts. And you know, it's a little yeah, hard. Yeah, that's now. what I was going to say. Like that led me into exactly the next question I was going to ask. Is like with the surfers against suicide. You know, maybe that program does include um, some kind of program or platform to be able to help people transition out of that or see, see some pathway? Well, what, what I was trying to, to um, achieve was getting the WSL, like we do have downtimes on the tour, 
So when, when there is a downtime, say there's um, two to three weeks between events, and whilst they're training for the next event, I would, I would like to have seen um, the programs where they can come into, because we, we do have um, organisations, um, the Casarina High Performance Centre, for example, that's um, a dedicated, pretty much a school for surfing. Mm. I, I would like to have, have, you know, like the a two-week experience where if those guys have been competing, that the WSL can fund or gives um, a concession to these guys to go and do a course on how to actually shape a surfboard, mm. to do a free course on becoming, getting your ticket to be a surf um, coach, even teaming up with our partner sponsors because the surf industry um, is run and funded by the surf industry. We don't really have many people on the outside that um, back it. It's still mainly your, your Rip Curls, your Quicksilvers, your Hurleys, mm. these kind of brands that put their hands in their pocket. And so those guys are invested in the, in the surfers as well. Mm. But having those guys do you know, a two-week um, interim with them be a sales agent or something like that. That's the ultimate yeah. goal that I would like to see for those retiring guys if they want to do that. Mm. Some guys, when they finish the tour, they just want to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if they're to... getting drips of that along the way, you know, like various different well, opportunities, up. you know, and they might, you know, resonate with something in particular. You know, it could even be like journalism, media. Yeah, journalism's a, another big one. You know, yeah. Um, well, Stab Magazine, which is one of the biggest magazines, was yeah. was two ex-professional surfers. Mm. That just could, you know, they just know the lingo and yeah, well, they like flow Shono, straight in. It's a Surfing World magazine, Shono, yeah. you know, like there's a lot of different opportunities, graphic design, all sorts of stuff. But if they're getting drip-fed that along the way, they might, you know, easily skills. transition into something yeah. more. Mm. It'd be perfect to have that, that kind of initiative from the, even the early days. You know, from the from the sixteen year old that's entering that arena. Well, they're starting you know? to do this now at that Casarina, mm. um, the high performance centre, mm. where they talk about that they'll get guest guest speakers that'll go in there and I'll go, okay, so you know, like reality is, this is probably not going to be for everybody, but here's some other avenues we mm. can sort of go. That's really good to get them started because we had nothing like that mm. when we were. You know, at that age, well, I wouldn't say nothing. I, I was in the um, Institute of Sport for surfing and we did get, um, was cross-branded. Like, I mean, we had the, the coach for the Hockey Roos um, and all these different guys coming in and talk to us about what can happen afterwards. But it wasn't specific to surfers. I was just talking about what athletes go through. Mm. Mm. Having something that's dedicated more so for retiring athletes. Mm. Because they can hone in on those skills that you would naturally get as a result of being in that particular sport. Or Well, you, for an example, if you went to buy a surfboard mm. and you walked up, the, you know, say, say to our shop, you walk up the stairs and you're greeted by somebody, if you know that that person has dedicated their whole life to the craft, to surfing, and they know intimately because they have to know the surfboards intimately, it's their tool, it's mm. their hammer. So to getting advice off a professional which are, they are professionals. And then you walk out, nine times out of ten, they're going to walk more, 99 times out of 100, they're going to walk out satisfied mm. than just, you know, just having anybody trying to sell it. Mm. You know, that's a, it's a specialised area. And like I said, there's, there's skill that's just not recognised. They just mm. haven't seen it. 
mm. even the surfers. Mm. They don't realise how much they have or how to articulate it mm. until they're um, being put into a room or they go, oh, yeah, right, I can mm. do that. Mm. And that, I guess that leads on to that. This One of the reasons we brought you in here today is also that pro bono work, working in the not-for-profit sector and using your skills and your passion for the ocean and the environment, for example, or it could be any number of... Um, things to give time to those not-for-profit sectors to protect those things that you love. Yep. So, for example, Surfers for Climate, um, Surf Rider Foundation, you know, any of those sort of things are a really great way to build more skills in the not-for-profit sector, which you can take into your real life as well whilst doing something that you love. When, when I used to compete in Hawaii, part of the, um, the process of when you pay your entry form was you automatically became a, a member to Surf Rider Foundation. And you were, um, so a lot of the surfers were engaged straight away. Um, and a lot of the surfers are very giving. You know, they're very giving with their advice. They're very giving with their time. It's... Um, I think as as a group of people, like as as surfers, they're a very generous group. Which you know, for non-profit and things like that, it, the things that that we do in Aqua, we don't expect money for it or anything like that. You know, and put on the suicide awareness. That was the, the the most furthest thing from my mind was was how can I, you know, like profit from this? It was never about that. It was like, damn, I lost a mate we got to stop this mm. sort of thing. And I think that's a lot of the surface. And it's just using your platform and your skills and your contacts to actually yeah, do something it about it. Yeah. yeah, it does help when you have a bit of a profile that you mm. can raise. And that's that initial conversation with the surfers. Mm. Together with such a loud voice, mm. like through the surf industry, it echoed and, and it went everywhere. And that's also proven recently, you know, with all the Fight for Bite campaign. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that really was... Look driven at what they did and led to by Australia, surfers, you know. Yeah. And, um, and it was really beautiful and collaborative, whether you were a surfer or you weren't. Yeah, you know, yeah. It brought those communities together, which, which is what I love about it so much. But, um, you know, I personally can say it's been an absolute pleasure working with the local board riders and the longboarders and to see how passionate they have been in getting behind protecting the ocean. And for me, yep. you know. That's our playground. Yeah. Got to protect that. Yeah, yeah. And so moving on from that, one of the reasons we got you in here today is this um, recent okay. campaign you're working on. Yeah. You want to share that with everyone? I will, we've, we've got a team together. We're heading down to the wave pool um, next month to be part of the Surf Aid, um, which is Surf Aid's a program that's been around for a long time. They... It, it, all, it all sort of came about from, um, from travelling and I guess... With surfers, you know, like you, the ocean is your is your playground. So you know, you, a passport's needed to to get around. And and one of the most beautiful places for surfers is Indonesia. It's beautiful, warm water. It's clean. It's um, the waves are amazing. And so Surf Aid is sort of dedicated each year to a um, to a cause over there. This year, it's it's more for towards mothers and um, and infant children, um, mainly during um, the birth 
because of the um, there's some hideous um, numbers out there of loss of life of just literally being in remote places like some of the islands that you travel when you're a surfer you 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 kind of you're using the surf you know you but it's it's nice to actually be able to give back to the community that we're we're being part of instead of just going there and just surfing and being a tourist it's nice to, to dig your toes in and try and help mm-hmm. out where you can so we've got a um a group of surfers that are going down to um the urban surf pool um it's a whole day dedicated to raising money for that and it's all just going to go to the um mainly the mentawi island sumatra where uh the they've got a big stronghold with the surf aid there that was again that's one of our most favored places to go surfing and yeah hopefully we can change some lives and save some lives so do you know much about the plan of um with with the money raised what they're hoping to do to um it's alleviate more, some of those problems or? yeah it's it's all about um getting access mm-hmm. getting better access to the clinics getting people to like doctors and uh, midwives to the actual birthing where it's where it's happening mm-hmm. um like it's a third world country mm. so when you're um going through you know the through sumatra you can see people's houses and they literally kind of look like cubby houses mm. and you don't realize there's like 10 people living in there so mm. you can see that it's um it's not the most sterile sort mm. of place to Birth to have child. yeah to have a child mm. um and a lot of them are just left by their own devices so just getting it's, it's simple things it's just just cleanliness um getting the right um, medicine mm. available um, but mainly access to those clinics to mm. try and um, it, it's a huge statistic. statistic. Mm. I can't remember exactly what it is, but I was like stopped when I read it. It's, it's horrible. It's like thirty kids a day that are dying over there, mm. and the mothers giving birth. Mm. It's a big population, but heck, that's mm. it's amazing, mm. and it's something that I glanced over. You know, with I wouldn't have even known unless if I picked that up and said, oh, have you guys actually seen what's happening over there? And sort of raised that awareness for us all. And that, that's the reality of it, isn't it? We all um, kind of quite aware of local localised problems um, and issues, but there's so many things going on in the world and I'm, and they're not always comfortable to hear. No, not at all. Um, but... If we, if you do listen to those stories, a it does bring a certain reality check to your own life, but also enables you to do something to contribute. Especially when we're living in such a, you know, oh, we've been in such blessed. prosperity. Absolutely, we have been blessed. If if you spend any of the times in the, um, you know, being being a surfer on the tour, we travelled the world. Um, I've, I've seen the favelas, the slums over there in Brazil. Um, or through South Africa, uh, Indonesia. It's um, even places in, in Asia through um, the Philippines, Japan. and It's pretty, um, especially coming from a place like Molimuk, which is beautiful, to go over and actually see how some people live. But it's also pretty refreshing to see how happy they are. Mm. Mm. You know, they're just really happy. Mm. Um, you know, I like to think that they're, 
blissfully unawares, but they're probably looking at us going, oh, they've got so much stuff going on in their lives. Why? Simplify. Exactly. Mm. Busy minds. Yeah. Clutter, things, possessions. Yeah. They don't don't have much of that and they don't – it doesn't – bog their life down I guess I can't speak for them but I know the times that I've spent in places like that I come away and I get home and I just feel ick like yeah all this stuff that we have and yeah you kind of and we still don't have we're still seeking that same joy on our face that we see on their faces yeah Yeah. Mm. and as we stated you know a lot of times before a lot of that material possession you know is wrapped up in a sense of self-worth Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and maybe maybe that contributes to the mental health and the surfing um, arena as well. You know, yeah. they're built up, and that's all they know. And that you know, there might be a sense of uh, worthlessness or, or well, there there is, mm. there there definitely is. Mm. You, you're built up your whole your whole life in the in your teens through your twenties. Yeah. You're um, you know, you in magazines, you're on surf movies, mm. you're um. You're seen everywhere. You walk around. You um. You get pat on the back. You get people recognise you. you. Yeah. yeah. You go to a bar. You sit down, and the strangers come up and buys you drinks mm-hmm. and and all that sort of stuff. It's and you know you, sometimes you don't pay for food. It's mm-hmm. and it, and it comes a bit the norm when you're in it, mm-hmm. when you're in that little bubble. But then when you you're out of that bubble, it's all of a sudden you're like. Who am I? Oh, what? You've lost your identity. Yeah. What mm. do I do? Sense What's of self-worth. going on? And, yeah. yeah. And you you feel like you're this admired person at the top and all of a sudden you're down there mm. because you pretty much are at the bottom of the chain, re-employment. Mm. And that's probably the, the hardest things. Guys trying to kickstart their lives again mm. and being 30, mid-30s and then going, oh, what can I do? Do I become a... Ricky, you know. Mm. Well, there's a one of my good friends, Kai Otten, who was a professional surfer for 20 odd years. Just started an apprenticeship as a builder. He's 40, mm. and he's a guy who's won a WSL event and seen the world numerous times. Billboards of him, mm. and at the end of the of his career, you know, you always still reflect on your memories and your friendships and things like that. And everyone knows it doesn't last forever. It's a bit like um. A football game, I guess, a football player. But I, I, I spoke to Andrew Johns about this, and he said one thing that you guys can do that we can't is he just can't go and have a game of footy because initially that's what yeah. he loved. And mm. you know, at least we can yeah. keep surfing pretty much yeah. until our body allows, mm. which gives us solace, and you know, mm. and it's the big equaliser. You go into the surf, and it doesn't matter. You can be sitting next to somebody in the lineup. You can be sitting next to a doctor, you can be sitting next to a lawyer, you can be sitting next to a guy who hasn't worked for 20 years. Mm. But everyone's equal. Mm. You know, that's what's really cool about that. And is there a sense of relief when you step out of that competitive world to just going surfing as a more recreational activity? Does the surfing for you change? Oh, yeah, you're not as aggressive. Yeah. You're definitely not as um, hyped to... And and it's kind of hard, especially when you you're surfing around like locally here, when you're um, competing. You know, people sort of look at the, the way you act in the water and how many waves you catch. And but it is your job, so it wasn't mm. like a you know, and it was, it was kind of hard to 
sort of relay that message to some people sometimes, you know. You try your best not to be, you know, a pig out in the water. But when you don't have the competition to go to and Mm. so you don't need to surf at the best of your ability, you can just relax. Mm. Then you you do enjoy your surfing. But I have to admit, I love the competition side. That Mm. was... it was always good to have that, you know, excitement for something. And the losses hurt. They lost really, they, they hurt, mm. especially if you're sitting in another country and you just, you don't want to be there. It's like a day like today, raining. You could be in England and it's mm. like, I just want to get out of here. Mm. And then, but then next week, you're at mm. another event and you're like, all right, everything's, everything goes for that moment. And so you, you live week to week. Moment to moment, wanting that. So when that's emotionally, gone, that's a lot of highs and lows, isn't it? Oh yeah, you rode a roller coaster. Mm. Mm. Like the the week before, you may you may have you know been knocked out in your first heat, mm. and you're doubting, what am I doing here? Mm. Why did I spend all this money to mm. get here? The next week, you're walking down with a check of ten thousand mm. dollars, and you're going, oh yeah, this is sick. <laughs> then you know, then the next week, you're at yeah. another event, you're sitting there, and you're like, all right, what do we do now? You know, it's just, it's a roller coaster mm. and it goes for years. And I imagine it's it. like, not like a team sport. Oh, it's individual know, for it's sure. It's individual. I even know like from my daughter, you know, swimming elitely and, you know, just that head game that you have with yourself all the yeah. time. I can imagine it would be amplified. The, the only kind of sport that I come across that has a few similarities like mentally is golf. You know, like, I mean, if you... Cheating golf if you kick a ball. You know, you're not cheating anybody but yourself. Mm. You're, um, it's the same with surfing. And the other thing that they sort of don't tell you when you do become is how competitive guys are for sponsorship as well. So not only are you, you know, competing for the, the, the event itself, but you're competing for the, um, for the endorsement. Mm. So you can be sitting there and be surfing and say someone, um, you beat a surfer and that surfer's just signed a $200,000 contract with, you know, Joe Blow mm. and then you beat him again and it's like, well, hang on, that guy's on that $200,000 contract. What's going on here? And you beat him again and it's guys would ring up the sponsor and go, hey, I've just beaten your golden boy three times in a row. What's the story? You know, I reckon we should get out of his contract and... It's it's very very aggressive like that. Yeah, and are those sponsorships built around not just your level of competitiveness, but maybe you know other factors like your appeal and your it your depends. looks, all those sorts of it things. It can do. It 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 depends. So I always used to um, have a good rapport with my sponsors. I was I was really lucky and pretty much had the same sponsors for the whole duration of my my entire career, and that was due to Realizing that I was a commodity, I was I was a product, and realizing that I had to give back what they, as well as just being a surfer and just putting a sticker on a surfboard and expecting, I so I, I had really good um, communications, and I think that is the big key for those kids. If um, then there's others that'll you know they may be um, an Instagram surf star or something like that, and then they'll get flown a few things. It may be. You know, like there's a classic example of Alana Blanchard, who was the, the queen, you know, like the beautiful blonde um, 
famously got dumped by her main sponsor when they found out she was pregnant and they just thought, well, she's not going to be sexy anymore. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. And here's, you know, that's how cutthroat mm. that can be. Competition results are very important. So that's still probably up there with the, you know, if you're not having the contest results, you're not in the news, you're not talked about, then, you know, it's, it's, you've got to work out other ways. Mm. A lot of people want to jump on the free surfing program, but it's, um, it's, there's so many people that want to do that and it's, it's pretty much stay at home and surf and not have pressure. So it's, it's a, everyone who wants that, there's only tiny amount of spaces for that. It's mm. hard to, hard for a company to, to not go to a, a retiring pro like Mick Fanning and go, okay, here, here's a ticket to go see the world, document as much as you can, mm. grab the next youngest, hottest kid or whatever, mm. make him go with you. So that's, yeah, it's tough sponsorship. Mm. Yeah. No wonder at the end of your career, you're, Exhausted. Exhausted. Oh, and yeah. So you're not, everything. Not only, you're a travel agent. You're yeah. a your manager. Like, you're managing your own So things. Not only are you left finding, you know, who am I? What am I going to do next in my next chapter of life? But you're exhausted. And you drink fatigue. <laughs> you do get <laughs> tired years. of travel. Yeah. The travel gets you. Yeah, because sure. it's, it's a nine month every year. Mm. And you live in a suitcase. I remember just being envious of my friends that have... Um, you know, settling down, you know, oh, yeah, just got this nice house and doing all this and mm. we're about to do this around the, you know, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm about to jump on a plane. I'm going somewhere. I'll mm. see you guys in three months. Mm. And, you know, and then you'd live two lives. Mm. You'd live your home life, mm. which is really cool and, you know, that was awesome. And then you'd live your your circus life. Mm. And it's... Um, very much like being in a circus. You're just travelling. You're just like a roadshow act sometimes, mm. and or like a like a musician, I guess. Like in a big band, mm. they just do events. They go there, and mm. sometimes you get there and they sing out the wrong name. You know, welcome, Aladala. Oh, you're in there, mate. It can be a bit like that. You can be sitting in a, in a, especially if you've been months on the road. You're in some beach and you don't even know the name of it. <laughs> like, mm. oh. Yeah, it's full on. Mm. Still awesome though. Yeah. Like one of the best jobs ever. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Pros and cons. Well, the pros are obviously the travel, mm. the the um, ties that you have, the people that you meet. Mm. Um, there is a lot of pros, re, you know, like the free surfboards and mm. equipment and all that sort of stuff. You know, there's even... If you wanted to, you could utilise a bit of fame for extra <laughs> activities, so, so to speak. Picking up chicks or boys. Yeah, that, that could work. <laughs> sure. Um, it's a but the cons is, yeah, you, you, do, you do have to dedicate a lot. Um, you have to put a lot of stuff on hold, relationships. Um, I had two probably major relationships during the, that time, but the... It's really hard to maintain that. Mm. Um, not so much that you've got a wandering eye or anything like that. It's just you're away. Distance, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, oh, sorry, I can't go out for dinner now. Um, I have to stand you up. The waves are good. Yeah, see, Dale. <laughs> yeah. Can you just put something in the microwave for me yeah. when I get home? Because I'll be hungry. I don't worry about that. But I invited mum and dad over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, 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 there's not that many 
cons besides you know being sick when you're traveling and what losing losing is bad mm. you know that, that's that hurts it, it stabs you though i've still like i've been retired 15 years and i still have a few events where i lay in bed at night <laughs> and i'm like you know i i, I could have won that event if i didn't drop in on that guy or if i didn't or if i chose this wave they still keep you up those little haunting memories um but yeah the to be honest i'm more proud of what we've got going on down here in in town now and being a father of three than any of my um sort of surfing Mm. you know that's i i I just love you know having been a dad Mm. that's that's unreal Mm. um having the kids around me all the time and, you know, wrestling them and just looking at them and just realising they're just little bits and pieces of me. Yeah. <laughs> and the surf shop with my business partner, Maddie, right? Um, I just love what's, how we've nurtured that little thing. It's, it's almost like another baby. Mm. It's, um, we, we never went in it to, again, like I was saying earlier, we never really went into it for money or that was never our goal. Our goal was just to bring a... Uh, a surfer's mind to the area in a town that's heavily filled with surfers mm. and it's it's worked it's um yeah and now i can live home and do everything else yeah well, it's fantastic how you've managed to write you know that second chapter of your life you know well it doesn't good. happen for everybody mm. i had a lot of friends that have gone who could have easily been there um in their own towns and things like that but had a lot of my friends sort of in just disarray mm. um, and still to this day, you know, they're, they're lost in a bottle or, mm. you know, trying to chase that, that feeling that that was. Mm. It's, um, but having people around you, that's, that helps. I've always had good friends ever since, like, my, my tightest friends are still my friends when I was, like, a little kid. Mm. They keep me real. Mm. Um, I keep them real. It's a awesome relationship there. Um, I think being open and honest with your life helps a lot of things too. If you put on a facade or you hide stuff, you know, it comes back at you. In, oh, in you've got to be authentic in everything sure. we do. Totally. There's so much in the sharing, sharing yeah. your story, sharing what you're feeling. Yeah. You know, how many reflections you get from that. You know, that's what I'm feeling. Yeah, know. yeah. And it helps the other person, helps yourself and helps the other person. Mm. It helps in relationships mm. as well, like mm. not just with um, your partners or whoever, but you, with your family, mm. Your, mm. your kids, your co- co-workers and just try and be a good human. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. The community and supporting the community, which, you know, you do a lot of. You it's do important. that really well. Communities. Again, the, big, the, the community support that we that we do and i I say we it's not me it's Mm. it's it's a lot of like we we always get support off um like-minded businesses that help us if we're trying to hold an event but it that's just when i see someone who's needs help um to try and give them a lift try to help them out whether it's um they're going through a real hard time or whatever it is it's not it's not a um it's not conceived or anything like that like it's and we kind of choose what we do with the the, the community events 
but this is our home. This is where we grew up. Is this is our friends that are going through these mm. these times. It's why we do it. Mm. It's I, I guess it would be different if if you know I was based in I don't know Auburn or something like that, and I didn't know anybody. You'd probably be anonymous, just you know, sit there, and I wouldn't have the voice that I do now to the community. Um, and it's mainly just from growing in this town and knowing everybody and their roles where they are now. Yeah. I think it's a bit deeper than that. I think even if you were out there, you would still find a way to give because that's the kind of person you are. Well, I think my mum and dad were the ones that sort of did that. And values. My, and my older brother and my sister, they're, you know, like Doug with his triple O mm. ball and things like that. It's, um, I'm very proud of what he's achieved as well. Mum mm. and dad were oh, so involved with pretty much everything here, the Blessing the Fleet. Um, they started the nippers down mm. here. Um, for, for years they've given. Mm. I think it's just sort of dripped down from, from those guys. And, and again, like-minded friends and people, businesses. Matt, my business partner, he's, you know, he's always, he's never said no to anything. But yeah. And that's good. It's also good to have someone who's a bit fearless like that. You know, he's not, mm. he's just like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so the, um, the surf aid event mm-hmm. down at the wave pool, how, how do people get involved in that? Oh, we have a, um, a raffle running at the moment. Um, you can just go to the surf aid website, surfaid.org, and um, you can see all the donate there or there's a raffle that's going to be drawn at Cupid's on the, on Sunday, the 28th, and there's an amazing prizes there. There's like a heli trip where they can fly you in to have lunch at Cupid's cool. and then take you back to wherever. I think that he's going to be there on the, on the raffle day. Um, there's also a 10-day trip to the Mentalis where this area where we're sort of, you know, trying to help in one of the uh, surf camps there when travel lifts mm-hmm. there's a lot of vouchers there's oh, there's heaps of stuff just get involved mm. we'll and put some of those links on the yeah we'll have to yeah we'll put those links in the show notes for yeah sure. yeah cool so we can get involved. yeah and so the local surfers that are going down there do you want to tell us about them Who yeah okay well we've got um cat turk yeah who's um your partner yeah. in crime yeah she's beautiful <laughs> she's also an incredible surfer um so that was like a no-brainer um and plus I get the holy hand on the way down. <laughs> um, and then we've got the two big wave guys in town, Russell Bjork and um, Brett Bircher, both. Legends. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, Marty McGrath, who's um, the guy who sort of kicked it all off for us here and he's the one who's got us all um, excited about the event. And Iden Parsons, who's now our probably our professional surfer in town who mm. has the potential to, um, to get on tour. So it's going to be fun hanging with all those guys down there for the event. And uh, I'm not sure how many teams there are, but there's teams from all around Australia competing. And so what's the details good. of the event and when's, when's that held? I think it's on the 16th of March, uh, on, of April, sorry. Um, they, it's been moved so many times because of COVID. Yeah, yeah sure. The dates are... Um, and the event probably. at Cupid's, can you give us more details about that? Well, that's on a Sunday. I think yeah. you have to contact Cupid's because yeah. they they and may they sell got, out. Have they got a band or something playing or is it a... I would guess so. I'm not exactly sure yeah. what they've got going on at Cupid's that yeah. that day, but we've, we had a, an email from them saying, um, can you guys please put your team or whoever, you know, get get your names in now because it looks like it's going to um, sell out. Mm. 
But yeah, that's on the twenty eighth um, on a Sunday. So that's it. Hopefully, it'll be a nice Sunday and yeah. people can get down yeah. there and buy tickets there and mm. check it all out. Mm. But the wave pool is pretty exciting too. Yeah. Mm. Over all the years, I've never competed in the water in um, pool water. It's always been in the ocean. Yeah, well, where's that? At? Where's the wave pool? At? It's right near the airport, mm. um, okay. Tullamarine. It's yeah. it's pretty amazing. You you land and you you almost cross the road. Yeah, right. And you're there. Cool. It's funny. I'm like walking around town lately and bumping into people. This morning, I was in Pilgrims and Petey was in there, and yeah, they're all talking about the wave pool. And, oh yeah. Get, you know, it's everybody's. Yeah. Well, I guess you're guaranteed waves. Yeah. So you can go down there and, you know, sometimes you can spend, you know, $5,000 to go to the Med Towers or the Maldives or somewhere like that and surf and you can come up with flat water Mm. and not catch anything Mm. and come back just like, oh, damn. At least down there you're guaranteed to Mm. catch waves and you can do a fly-in, fly-out that day. Yeah. You do one-hour sessions at Mm. a time or unless you book the pool for the day. And then the day is usually like um, nine till three. And it's, yeah, just surf yourself ragged. Yeah, that's cool. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah. And then the way they've set it all up, I've, they've, um, it's like a coliseum. So you can, it feels like when the guys are watching, it's kind of like watching a football match. You, sort of mm-hmm. like, you can scream at them, you can go out, you can high five them, <laughs> take photos. And, that's yeah, cool. it's cool. That's cool. Yeah. We'll find something. I'm sure they'll be on YouTube, something like that. Oh, yeah. Heaps, heaps, yeah. heaps on YouTube. Yeah, Urban it, surf. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Mm. Yes, I think Jade bought Iden a voucher to go there for Christmas. Oh, right. <laughs> now he's going to go anyway. Yeah. Well, he might stay and do another day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. well, Iden's one of those young surfers that, you know, I personally have got to watch. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because my daughter was dating him and they've had to go their own ways to pursue their own life dreams yep. and really, you know, Big sacrifice for a young lot. people. Yeah, yeah, but it's very admirable that they're so dedicated to what they want to do and I admire Iden for that and, yeah, miss him a lot at my house. Well, if he doesn't, you know, to have a go for his goal now, it, it can very easily yeah. slip. Yeah. You know that. And to, to actually, because I know how much he loved Jade, to watch him, like, give up a relationship to follow that, it it just shows how immense dedicated he has to be. Mm. And, and he's starting. And testimony so to what you've been saying it. about the, you know, surface against... Yeah, yeah. Not that that's going to be the case, but I mean that's a, a good example of the dedication that goes into this. So yeah, and like I said too, it's it's, it's almost selfish. Mm. But it kind of has to be, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Mm. It does. Like you can't have, you can't be one of the best in the world at any sport or anything at like that without having a bit of. Okay, this is my time. I have to dedicate my time to this project, whatever it is. Mm. It's maybe it's not selfish. It's more just driven. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And so, um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was the that we'll tell everyone about. It's no, it's not really happening anymore. But the Twilight Surfing Competition because that, oh, that was a fun, hoot. wasn't it? Yeah, it was so much fun. There's a probably probably a few listeners here who came to that event or a couple of times it was on. Um, yeah. So, what was your motivation behind that? Well. That was, you know, talking about like-minded businessmen, that was where Peter Bacon used to be at um, the Bannisters and we were jokingly talking about, because they were building the pavilion 
were jokingly talking about doing a um, sealing the lights and having a surf. And he was like, oh, do you want to do that? We could do that. And it was like, it went from a bit of a joke to, oh, yeah, you reckon? And next thing we know, he, he's a go-getter, that guy. And we just, yeah, we, we pretty much did the world's first tag event at night. Um, the first year was was so amazing. The um, the town was amazing. The the support that we received from not just the the guys who were giving the um, the prizes and you know like pilgrims setting up and doing all the food, the bands and all that sort of stuff, but the people who came that night, the behaviour. It was epic. It was. Yeah. I, I had multiple people come and see me. Um, afterwards and just said how good it was to see the community at one event be 80 or two years of age and just gel mm. and, it, and it really felt the, the community was the word mm. and it was it was amazing and we you know it was the surfing was secondary to just like we were raising money mm-hmm. for um, a lot of local charities which we just gave the money straight over you know Two or more. And then the next year, we did it again on the, the back of the success. And we decided to go bigger. And again, all the, the local businesses came out and helped us. And even the, um, like Hurley, who's an international, um, international business, they did, they came and gave it their all for us. And they, and for the third year, they wanted to have like naming rights and, turn it into a huge event but it um again those those things to organize does take a little bit of a toll on on you and i did a lot of that sort of stuff and it just when it was done i was i was really tired yeah so i wanted to have a little break and also wanted to not let it dwindle Mm. or make it a little um you know, like I, I didn't want to make it the same, the same. Mm. So, so it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's over, but it's for now. It's it's off. And there was there was a few other little factors there. The because of the amount of people that we had, um, insurances started yeah. climbing up. There was um, just the the factor of getting all those lights and everything <laughs> together yeah. was was kind of really hard to do as well. Yeah. And we, we learnt from the first year when we sent the lights up that, you know, the we thought we could operate them and change them as the day went on, as the tide changed, and, but you, we couldn't because lights eat up. <laughs> you just could not <laughs> touch, touch them. <laughs> yeah. I love that event because I saw surfers out there who, like, had only just started surfing. There were women, there were... Young people, well, that's, you know, like that was the thing that was not about professional. No, surfers. that's what I, I loved about it. I actually sat there myself and going, "Damn, I wish I had have gone in that." Well, we <laughs> we even we we invited a few professional surfers to be part of it. We even invited a few, like there was um, Luke O'Donnell, the football mm. player, um, one of the home and away dudes. I've forgotten his name. There was a few people in there. We had we had politicians in there, and so we had a really spread. Mm. People and, and it was always it was a Milton Aldella thing. This mm. is not you know an event that people were going to come for. This was this is a locals mm. 
to get out and have have fun for sure yeah and I'll, they, I'll never forget kira dowling's face when she got well, out of the she'd water. only been surfing for like i know two months the, or three months it was epic it just made me so happy her lead up to that she was messaging me daily should i do this can <laughs> i do this I'm like, don't worry no one's gonna and the to give an idea about the way the judging went i mean talking about pete pete was one of the judges i just sat them down gave him a bottle of port and just said <laughs> i want the, the one who has the most fun out there to be the judge. You know, mm. I want that to be the the winning one. Mm. I don't care for the manoeuvres mm. or anything like that. I just want to make it inclusive. And that was what was really cool because mm. the second one we had so many other things going on. We had a um, a surfboard that was all drawn on by local artists, which we raffled off at the end of the end of the day. We had all the um, the foodies all set up. Um, we had all this product that was given to us from the surf community for all the kids, making them mm. do the most ridiculous things. There was like an, a raw onion eating competition. <laughs> There's um, the spam event where they had to eat a tin of spam. <laughs> and they were all, you know, to win a watch. You know, it was, it was cruel, but it was so funny. <laughs> it was good. They'd it win a really surfboard. Good. There was, the prizes were amazing. Yeah. We also do that with, a, we do a single fin event every now and then. We've done that for probably about five or six times. And in the middle of the event, we throw an Iron Man in. And the Iron Man is um, to start off, well, the last one we did, that they started off, they had to eat, um, I think it was like six dry wheat bix So they'd start <laughs> off eating the dry wheat bix And then scold Then they'd sprint <laughs> down to the beach and they had to swim around this um, buoy. And when they came in, they had a litre of um, milk. Oh. And they had to drink the, the milk. And it was all, like, curdling and all hideous. <laughs> and then it got to the other end. And I can't remember what the other the other one was. It was like a tin of, like, anchovies or something like that. That's awful. And they had to eat that and then do a real long sprint. And it just, you know, those little things just add. Did you do it? No, I was, um, <laughs> I was an official. <laughs> Actually, I think um, Ryan Goss won it like two years oh, in a God, row. Oh, God, that would make sense. So, <laughs> but they get really competitive. It was like really funny how competitive they would get. But again, the prizes were amazing. It was yeah. probably about $5,000 worth of prizes. Mm. Yeah. But they're, they're, I, I like having, when, when we do fundraisers, I like to make things a little bit left of field, a little bit fun, inclusive too, so the people that are just sitting on the beach aren't just sitting there watching the surfers. They can go and, you know, they can... You know, we even have sandcastle events and stuff like that, just to keep mm. everybody entertained on yeah. the day. And, yeah, very cool. Mm. And talking of prizes, I'm just going to mention Aqua and Kurt here have helped us with our um, Save the Batemans Marine Park campaign, and they've donated three GoPros to some up and coming, inspiring little filmmakers. <laughs> Um, who are going to? We've put a competition out to get people to send in some entries to say why the ocean is important to them and why they would like to see the marine parks protected. So, mm. yeah, thank you for doing that. Oh, no problem. They look really cool in the shop too. I was like thinking of putting it in a, um, a clip myself to keep one. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it um, what made you want to sponsor that or help us with that? Anything that sort of community base we, we like to be a part of. Um, my brother's involved in that one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my son's involved in it as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it does, you know, 
pulls us in there. But again, it's it's just it's a good concept, mm. and having the shop where we we do have access to things that we can, you know, help out and support. So mm. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I think the program you're talking about is the other program you're helping us out with, which is the Swell program. Oh yeah, this is the yeah. video one. With That's the, the video one yeah. with. with the so marine park. I know there's so many, <laughs> so much work to be done. But that yes. other one's a good one to raise, actually, because that. Yeah, um, I meant to do that. That was uh, subliminally. Put yeah, there you go. Mind. See, yeah. <laughs> following the script really mm. well. <laughs> Can you um, see it here in the script? <laughs> so the swell program is actually an initiative um, uh, brought to the forefront by the PCYC, New South Wales Police Force. Um, and Surf Rider Foundation and um, coming together in locally here in the area with Treading Lightly and Pam Burridge Surf School to invite children along who were, I guess, badly affected by the fires um, and bringing them along because some of them were presenting with some, you know, withdrawals and stuff like that since the fires that, you know, there are a lot of mental health issues going on there. So this is a, a way of kind of you know, getting access to those kids through a fun program that they can, you know, enjoy, get out, catch some waves, have some fun um, and well, that, that one, talk about mental health and different issues. Well, my kids were, were affected there with their grandparents losing their house in those fires and they had, um, <clears throat> they had the afternoon Christmas there so they had a lot of their presents mm. left there and now they all went up in, in smoke. Um, it doesn't mean much to us as adults, but to kids, it's like fairly significant, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there was like memories. Yeah, bikes and of course the memories of everything. The the phones that you know the phones keep a lot of the mm. the photo albums nowadays. But I guess that's all on the on the cloud. Mm, yeah, and that program's going really well. We're now coming up to our third week um, of a what is a four week program which we'll follow up on. But yeah, the kids are having an absolute blast. So thanks to Surf Rider and PCYC, which your I know your brother is involved. He's come down and jumped out of uniform and jumped in the surf with the kids. And oh yeah. He, got, he yeah, gave yeah, them a mental health reps. talk last week, which was hilarious, I will say. I wished I had a video camera. He's a really good public speaker, my brother. He's great. He has a great yeah, he's been good value, so um, yeah, that's a great program, and hopefully we can share more about that later on and expand that program. For sure, yeah. yeah, building good connections with the police mm. and and young vulnerable children, and you know, trying to change the narrative a little bit to something a bit more positive. Because I know there's yeah a lot of bad stories out there. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Curdo. Oh, I feel honoured mm. to be the first back and in the new, in the new hub. In the new hub. <laughs> and um, congratulations well, to you guys too for, for achieving this. It looks amazing for everyone mm. out there. Hopefully, we can have some good things coming out of here yeah. <laughs> with you guys and other people in the community, like-minded people. And it does look like a dance floor over there. It does at the moment, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> it's pretty echoey in here. You'll probably notice as well. We've got a Still got to fill it out, yeah. dress it up. <laughs> Bring people in. <laughs> Probably a shout-out to all the people that help make it possible too. Oh, yeah. Donated their time and 
Oh God, well, I, I don't even know where to start with yeah, that. It's a lot. Yeah. Many, many hands. Many, many hands. Thanks to the FRRR Foundation and the Terry Snow Foundation and. Oh gosh, so many people. He does a lot for the town, doesn't he? He does Snow. heaps. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. So, yeah, watch this. I love space. what he's brought to the town too. Like what he's got out there, the Willinga Park. It's amazing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we'll share more on that one. Yeah, in another absolutely. podcast. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's been. You were one of the first people on our list for our podcast. I said to Dean, the first person we got to get in is <laughs> Kurt. Didn't yeah, I? Yeah, sure did. And it's taken 20-odd podcasts <laughs> to make that happen. But um, I think I think your brother's next. We're going to talk about the triple oh, be ball. I can't wait to hear. Treading Lightly have um, donated $10,000 to that event. Oh, so, amazing. Um, I just yeah. hope they can hold it this year. Uh, so far, it's going to happen in October, I've yep. been told, mm. by... Um, your brother, yep. personally. So hopefully it goes ahead. If not, we'll just have it at, um, in his backyard and have a yeah, we'll just chuck, fence through to yours. Yeah, we'll just take the fence down. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks to everybody yeah. listening. I hope um, you enjoyed that. And if you have any questions for Curto, you can send them through directly to Kurt. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll promptly ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you his number. That's <laughs> it. No, but I hope he's inspired you. I hope um, some young surfers get to listen mm, to this as well. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, and if there's any other stories out there that you would like us to share, especially in relation to what Kurt's been talking about, we'd love to share them yeah, as well. Yeah, reach out for sure. Yeah, there's it'd be a lot of different different areas in that same sort of um, like-minded area with, you know, retiring mm. athletes or... Mm. Even academics, when they finally leave university. Mm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Excellent. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much. No worries. We'll have you on again. Perfect. Absolutely. You've got to sing your way out. <laughs> Did you know that? Can I put my death metal voice on? Go on, do it. <laughs> I saw the shirt the other day. I was impressed. Which one was that I one? It was Iron Maiden, I think. Uh, I am. Oh, Sepultura. Oh, Sepultura. Sepultura. Yeah, there you go. Now, I had that on earlier today, but I thought, oh, it's a bit hot. <laughs> but then I put a jacket on. Well, this is just for the rain. It's confusing. Yeah. It's hot and then it's raining and then it's sunny and then it's raining. Oh, yeah. Actually, just a quick line on Sepultura. So Good one time. of the, the pros of being a pro surfer, I was in Brazil mm. and I was at an event in Rio and the way they set up the, the events there is pretty amazing. Yeah, they're like a million plus crowds. It's, like it's, it's, it's insane. You have your own security guard takes you to and from the beach. And... <laughs> and I was um, in this area where it was mostly dedicated to just competitors only, but there'd be A-listers in there. Okay. So I was getting a massage and looking around and I was looking over and I was like, what's that guy doing in this area here? And, you know, it was like one of the Gracie brothers, like the, um, the crazy cage fighting dudes. Did you see, yeah. And so I was like, no, he's fine. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> but this, this guy was sitting in the chair and he was all sort of mellow and just watching and I was getting ready for my um for my heat so I had my headphones on and I used music to psych myself up and we just flown in earlier like two weeks ago from America and I got this um, I love heavy metal mm. and I got the latest album from Machine Head mm. and I'm sitting there just listening to it and going through this thing and this guy was sitting near my gear and I've walked over and I'm sort of starting to whack my board and put my game face on it's like you know like Braveheart ready to go and attack and I'm waxing up and I look over and this guy we've sort of locked ears and he's like hey brother what's that 
And I was like, oh, it's the new machine head. And he's like, and I'm looking at him going, oh, my God, that's Igor Cavalera. Get out. So the drummer. The drummer. Right, absolutely. And I'm looking at him, and all of a sudden, I've just forgotten all about the contest, and I'm like this giddy little kid, and I'm just like, do you want to listen to it? I've ripped them off my head, and I gave it to him. I'm like, he goes, stay here. I'm just going to have my heat. I'll come back in. Oh, that's cool. And I just, I was just, Yeah. And, and you know what? He brought me great luck. I went really well in that event. And he watched all my heats. And, you know, he was like, we just just broke down on a little bit of heavy metal. Heavy and, metal? Yeah. Nothing and I was like walking out this guy, Davidian, to well, amp yourself up. Well, well, I can't remember what it was. I was, I was, I was a fan. I was a fan. Yeah, I was a fan of it back in the day, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I was awesome. <laughs> it is Davidian's unreal. And he's a drummer, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was really hoping his story would come out. Kurt's full of them. Yeah, that's, I that's actually cool. got to that's the end of this epic. podcast well, going, damn, we haven't had any of Kurt's really, you know. I trust, that's what I said. Stories. I feel there's more to come. We'll have him back on. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's. Uh, it's G rated, this one. So. <laughs> I know, I was waiting for it. <laughs> None of that. If you ever go in the aqua to buy a board or a wetsuit, you'll hear him. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with a board sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Eagle Cavalier and me, they're like this. Oh, that's cool. Okay, that's we'll sing us out then, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what about your voice? Can we hear you like I that? know, it's not about me, it's about you. <laughs> awesome. All right, thank no, you. Thanks again, guys. No thanks worries. Yeah. All right, guys. Bye. See ya. Bye. 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 Bye.